is Melissa Lamb, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Topa Talk. Talk. Hello, everyone. Today we have Chelsea Satula. She is the owner of Sespe Creek Collective, and actually, fun fact, it was the very first licensed. Di- uh, I'm, not, I'm already messing it up. What do they call Dispensary. these? Dispensary. I was going to call it a distillery, and I was like, um, <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> In Ventura County. Close enough. They both start with D. We're super excited <laughs> to have Chelsea here. Yeah. So Chelsea, tell us a little about a bit about yourself. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I am uh, happy to to be the first licensed dispensary open. Also, one of the only um, female operated dispensaries oh. in the state. There's very few of us. So, um, yeah, I moved to Ojai uh, just over a year ago, just up um, from Ventura. I was off the 33 for a while there and was trying to get close to the store. So I finally got up here. And um, why did w- you pick Ojai over Ventura for opening your store? Uh, Ventura was not an option. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good o- to know. Ojai was the <laughs> most welcoming city to embrace the licensing. They were the first city in the county to allow licensed dispensaries. So, so. have you just been a major pothead your whole life or how does this happen? No, in fact, no, I was one of the la- I was one of the 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 later um kind of among my peers to try it and embrace it. I it wasn't until my freshman year in college that I even tried it for the first time and um and but yeah the first time it actually hit me and I understood like what it was to get high I was like oh okay now I understand this is totally not what I was expecting and this is really fun and did you have the dare education like I did oh I had dare I did grow up in the dare era where they like tell you that you're like gonna die and be homeless oh yes (laughs) all the stoners are like their eyes are so ridiculously po- like mm-hmm. bloodshot, weird. The <laughs> dare is so funny. Dare was a funny thing. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. so you opened the store about a year ago. It's actually or been two years. Two yeah, years. Okay. we just had our two-year anniversary on November second. Congratulations! Um, yeah, nice. thank you. Um, so you picked Ojai because they were the most uh, welcoming, and then can you kind of walk me through the like licensing process of that? Like, how do you, where do you even start? Because yeah. this is such a new. Thing. I know California has been progressive, you know, with medicinal marijuana and all that, but with recreational use, it's still kind of new territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the industry is finally um, taking shape. Um, so to, to start in the, in the California structure, you have to start with a local license. So that's either going to be your city or your county, um, depending on where you live and the geographical boundaries and where you're trying to open your shop. Um, so currently in Ventura County, only Ojai and Port Wainimi and Thousand Oaks have licensed any any retail dispensaries. Um, Thousand Oaks uh, hasn't actually had their dispensaries open yet. There's been some drama going on up there. So there's really two cities with open licensing in the county. Um, you start with your local license, and then you can apply to get the state license. And then that's the whole different set of regulations that you got to comply with. And they kind of work hand in hand. You can't really have one without the other. Golly. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you doing before you opened a dispensary? Yeah, so I was—I uh, had moved out to California um, ten and a half years ago for a job in um, Thousand Oaks doing product research and design strategy, so kind of business development um, for a product design company. It was really interesting work. I met uh, all kinds of creative people, um, but it was really not uh, a good culture fit for me. It was really... Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> We've all been there. I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Uh, so I was kind of looking back to start my own business again. I had um, back in the day, 
had a dog walking pet sitting business and was really like, Stop oh, it. you know what? Amazing. This is fun. I can I can be a business owner. I can pull this off. And that was that was a, a relatively easy business to start as far as startup costs and um and some other things go. It was it, mm-hmm. I, I pulled it off and it was it was it was also really challenging in many other ways and exhausting and. Um, put that aside for a while, kind of got into some other um, businesses and uh, or areas of work. And then, yeah, just really felt the need to kind of get back into my own venture again and be my own boss. And Are you the sole owner of uh, Siski? I'm the 60% owner. I had to give up some ownership when I um, needed to find funding to get a license. It, it, to be able Is that to open. expensive? Yeah, it's, okay. it's expensive not just to get the license, but to find real estate. Uh, we pay twice market that everybody else pays and are because our you're public, a dispensary because we're a dispensary because they can they can charge us that um we just all the startup costs are a lot higher in addition to the licensing fee it's it's um i forget what we paid thirty five forty thousand dollar licensing fee just to the state for one year for the privilege of doing business jesus yeah. did you have like a mentor or somebody that kind of like walked you through this process or had you like any idea really what you were getting into with this? Um, I, I did not have a mentor. I'd, I'd say we, we, as a collective team, we've figured it out. Um, yeah. and w- the, the state has figured it out. So we're all, we're all kind of figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was really active, um, in the regulation kind of draft process in the beginning and just, um, chiming in a lot, um, the state level when regulators were asking for input on the regulations and stuff mm-hmm. I would go up to Sacramento a couple times and and lobby them and talk to them and tell them this is what I think it should be mm-hmm. I think delivery services should be allowed everywhere and yeah and things like that um we so just got that passed right delivery services yeah mm-hmm. that awesome. was yeah a couple months ago that the state clarified you cannot ban delivery services even um, for recreational use? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's the cities and counties can still have reasonable regulations around that. Like you can't deliver to a certain perimeter around schools. Maybe they can set some constraints around the the hours that you can deliver. Um, or maybe you have to have a sign up process where your drivers have to be registered with the city and their driver's license on file or something like that. But yeah, in general mm-hmm. the bans were denied. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What did your parents think when you were like, I'm going to open a marijuana dispensary? (laughs) (laughs) I would say they were reluctantly supportive. Um, uh, My parents were both hippies back in the day. Oh, good. Yeah. They're both professionals and they're um, academics. And my mom was actually in the pharmaceutical industry for a while. She's retired now. But um, they they both uh, understood cannabis and that it wasn't the devil's weed and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they were both also have been just nervous for me and for the things I've had to go through and the risks I've had to take to, to get where I've gotten. And it's certainly, um, yeah, has, has sent them into panic on more than one times. Sometimes when I call and have, yeah. Oh, my bank account got shut down again or, Oh, I'm in jail tonight or yes. Tell <laughs> us about, tell us about some of that. Yeah. Uh, so the bank accounts are kind of ongoing issue. Um, until the, the rules change federally, we're never going to have uh, an easy time having a bank account. And that just, um, it's, it's a problem. It's unfortunate, but we have creative strategies. I'll just leave that at that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's a professional <laughs> creative strategies. <laughs> uh, my, my biggest challenge, uh, and certainly the biggest, uh, cause for my parents' alarm was, um, getting, uh, having my collective rated, um, the Thursday before the Tuesday election in 2016. So we were right about to legalize cannabis in California. Prop 64 is about to pass. And, 
Um, so I Ventura County Sheriff's raided and uh, raided our offices. We were based in Oxnard at the time. It was just delivery. There was no storefront that people were. So was into. it medicinal then? Yeah, it was only medicinal. Everybody had a recommendation. So you were following the laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we were following all the rules, but I was kind of an outspoken advocate and activist. So they all knew who I was, and um, they just kind of, yeah. They On what to means take us. though? Well, I, I have a lot of opinions on that. What they charged me with was some perjury charges related to my business license application um, and then, you know, sales and just transportation of, of cannabis and stuff. And, and those charges were reduced um, after Prop 64 passed. They were no longer felonies. They become misdemeanors. Um, and then I spent the next year and a half just kind of going to court saying uh, not guilty or we want a motion to unseal the warrant or, you know, motion to do all these things. And then finally, the, we didn't even have a hearing to get to a tr- pretrial and the, the prosecutors dropped the charges. So um, they kind of realized. Yeah, they're they, like, it's like, this is a waste of time. A like, waste of time a, and money. What a yeah. frustrating situation for you, though. Oh, my God. The time yeah. and money that you spent yeah. fighting and then for them to just be like, eh. Yeah, like good, and good for you. I mean, it works jobs. out for yeah. you, but yeah, oh my it God. was it was a really devastating blow, and certainly, yeah, um, financially, I had to borrow uh, fifty plus thousand bucks from my parents just for the lawyer to defend myself, and then there was like rent and food and. <laughs> Yeah. And you kept going, though. You're still here. I did. At that point, I was even more <laughs> determined. I was like, there's no way I'm going to just drop this at this point because we were just we just passed the, the rule. California just legalized it. So I knew that state rules were coming and, and there was going to be a structure by which we could have a local process and that Ojai was really on our side. Um, I had worked on a study group with uh, Council Member Weirich the previous summer to that. So they were already like looking at putting rules together. Um, and then when this happened, they kind of took an emergency stance for it and really said, this is this is bullshit. We're not going to oh, let the cops treat our people this way. We have a lot of medical patients in town that oh, good. really looked to the these collectives for um, for healing and for medicine. And, and we want to um, yeah create a safe space for them. Well, the more I like read and watch documentaries on the topic, obviously, it's getting a huge, huge backing. But. I'm curious what your thoughts are on or if you have any plan of action to help like rehabilitate people that have been in the crim- criminal justice system that now it's like what they got arrested for is what people are doing every single day. Yeah. And, you know, we all have white skin in this room. And so it's so different for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, since the Saturday after I got arrested, I, I was arrested on the Thursday, got out Friday morning. And then Saturday, my um, my friend, Ellen Comp, who is the deputy director of California Normal, um, reached out to me because we were members of California Normal as a business. She said, I heard about what happened. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm in town. Let me let me meet up with you. I want to introduce you to my friend, Dee Dee. Um, so she introduced me to this woman, Dee Dee Kirkwood, and she lives in Camarillo. And Dee Dee uh, goes by the Pot Fairy. She's known. Oh my she goodness! Calls herself the Pot what Fairy. What a name! She's been she's been writing uh, letters. She's been pen pal, email, phone calls with um, a dozen or so of roughly thirty um, people, all men to my knowledge, um, doing life sentences for nonviolent cannabis crimes mm-hmm. right now. And so after this huge trauma for me, I'm just like, I sat down and talked with her about the work she does with these guys doing life sentences. I'm like, 
okay totally reshift put all my problems in perspective right. like okay yeah girl you spent the night in jail now you're out yep. now you're was now that you're your first night in jail my know. only night in jail <laughs> that was the only time i've ever gotten first arrested and last. for anything yeah well i i can't say it's my last yeah you know it's, well, i'm kind of young but um yeah hopefully never again it was it was a terrible experience but really opened my eyes to so many things um so many people are in jail for for not having done anything it's wrong. insane in different states with the two strike rule like there's so many really depressing and like heartbreaking stories of young men that were caught with very very minimal amount of weed but it was their second crime and they are going to do life yeah they are never going to see the light of day again yeah and there's only so many like great lawyers that can like work against these. there's people that are literally rotting in jail for doing something that i do every mm-hmm. single day of my life and i have the privilege to do that yeah like it's insane it's so depressing to my core because it affects families like a lot of times it's men as their head of households and that changes mm-hmm. the path of the generations to come it's insane. it really is and um and it really yeah it really like i said it, it impacted me it really shifted my perspective at one of the lowest points in my life it's like no, I got to get up and I got to help these people. So I um, I partnered with her as soon as we got the store open um, on a couple ways just uh, to raise money and raise awareness for those guys doing life sentences still. So we had, um, we just took it down. It had been up six or eight months or so, this little exhibit kind of dedicated to some of their stories, showing wow. their faces, showing a little bit of what it's like in prison. And um, we we still run a program. Um, we have two vendors, Henry's Originals and Mary's Medicinals. Um, Space Coyote does a little bit too, but Henry's and Mary's are the top vendors. They donate regular um, products to us. We pay all the taxes. It's all legit. But they're basically donating product to us so that we can resell it and pass those proceeds along to these guys' commissary accounts directly. So we've thousands of dollars we put directly in their commissary accounts. They can buy basic stuff from prison. They can. It costs money to send email. What? Yeah, it costs them money to send an email. In jail? And to receive an email. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can monetize everything there. Yeah. So stuff like that. So we're just kind of trying to keep them in the loop, feeling loved, all this, you know, basic supplies that they can have. It's the it's the least we can do. Um, and then we've also just tried to partner with other groups doing bigger, broader advocacy things um, with lawyers. Like you said, it's yeah. all about how many lawyers can you get on these guys' cases. Yeah. And I wonder, too, because I was watching a specific documentary where they're at like WeedCon or what HempCon or whatever it is. And they're interviewing, asking people like what their direct like opinion is on helping those that come out of jail out of those situations like helping them get jobs and stuff and it was kind of 50 50 some of the business owners were mentioned something like well they were doing it illegally and i'm doing it properly so i don't know that i would want to bring somebody in who was willing to break the law when it was a law it's just an interesting kind of thing you know i feel like they're going to come out and feel like the industry is shut off to them because it takes yeah. a lot of money, like you said, to even get started. And so how do you even get started? I know. <laughs> it's it's a tough situation because I want when I hire people, I want to hire the best qualified candidate, regardless of who that is. But there's people that have been disadvantaged all along. If I knew who they were, I would be able to it's, – it's more of, I think, a, of a lack of – me not knowing how to find those people and yeah. them not necessarily knowing like, oh, yeah. this this person, there might be some opportunity there. Um, I, well, I think also, just because you're arrested for marijuana doesn't mean you want to work for a marijuana company when you get out. Exactly. It's not everybody's <laughs> no, but, fortune. Yeah. But if they wanted to and if they wanted some mentorship or guidance and stuff, I, there's definitely ways the industry in general and these me specifically can do more for these people yeah. um, that have been really negatively uh, impacted by this failed war. Okay, totally switching gears. But what's your favorite like type of way of getting high edibles gummies like 
dabbing, vaping? Do you take major bong rips? Or what's <laughs> your thing? Are you just sitting at home with like a giant bong? Like I need to know. You know, I used to have really bigger <laughs> bongs and I kept breaking them and it just was so sad every time I would break one. And I end up with this like windowsill full of like the, the bong graveyard because sometimes you can still use them as like vases oh, no, or something. I've accidentally been somewhere where we broke someone else's bong and it was like, oh, we got to go. <laughs> like this is not except like they're about to freak out. But that's like someone's foul. babies, you yeah. know? <laughs> so uh, um, right now I currently use a small, like it's just a small water pipe and that's the cleanest, easiest Ooh, way for me. Water it's, pipe. And it's got a nice little attachment too. When I want, I can use a little e-nail. So hit some concentrates without, uh, without Speaking using the propane torch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really clean, quick, easy way to um, vaporize concentrates that doesn't involve the vape pen. That so, was my, yeah. that Melissa was my big question. Hyped up on vape. Mm-hmm. I'm just so like, I listen to NPR almost every day when I'm driving into work. And every freaking day they talk, they talk about, about they talk about the like severe health side effects from vaping. Mm-hmm. And are they true? I mean, all, they have to be true, right? NPR doesn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's definitely um, still some research to be shown and uh, to see exactly what the culprit is. But everything mm-hmm. that I've been seeing is that they've really narrowed um, down on vitamin E acetate. As being the main as thing being that's... the main culprit causing these kind of things, and it, none of the products in licensed California market that I am aware of, and all of my vendors are completely mm-hmm. upfront about uh, what's in them, and and it's 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 not in the the stuff in the licensed markets. It's it's being used mm-hmm. as an additive and a filler by people that are not on the licensed market. But is that like a jewel? Test. Like even like let's just not even say marijuana. Like jeweling. Like is that that vitamin E? So it might be in there. I haven't done. I I know that there's no regulation in the tobacco and the e-cig stuff the way there's regulation for cannabis in California. Well, I was just with people who were smoking them and they mentioned something I didn't even consider, but like the flavor was gone or something. And they're like, well, can't you taste the battery? Like now you're just smoking the battery. And I was like, what? Mm. You guys... Uh-huh. Yeah, see, a lot of those, that <laughs> hardware is made in China. It's imported. And if you don't have really ho- solid um, quality control going into your How hardware. How do you know what's coming in and what's yeah. coming in? Metal shards and things. Uh. Yeah. So I I, um, I say stick with really licensed quality brands in California that you know. Um, but yeah, in general, there's a, there's, I think there's a small shift of people just kind of going back to the flower and sticking with the flower and getting away from the vapes. Do you use it recreationally or medicinally? My philosophy is that all use is, is medicinal. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say I use it medicinal, medicinally, but, um, I also am working on more mindful consumption. It's sometimes easy to just be like, oh yeah, let me just, I'm going to be high. Yeah. 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 Well, I just, for the first time. I mean, this year, I guess I've done it twice, but really for the first time this this past weekend, I was in Vegas and I've totally cut down on my drinking, which I'm really proud of. It takes a lot of work mm-hmm. um, socially. And so I was like testing myself in Vegas, you know, and I was able to like have three drinks a day, which is like nothing in Vegas. But we my cousin brought these gummies and that was the first time I was like socially actively like using it for recreation in my own experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I could, it was so much fun. It was so different for me. And we did it like in a different form. I typically smoke at night to help with sleep paralysis or I drink it in a tea. So it was like such an experiment for me because I think people come to weed with a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm just going to go for it. 
and like do it and be high in public and they had no paranoia i didn't give a fuck like it was so much fun it was like my favorite thing so now i'm totally hooked on yeah, that yeah good i'm glad it was a good experience yeah it, it's all about getting the right dose with edibles oh yeah i was scared too i was like halving them and then i was like i could take a whole one <laughs> <laughs> so as a, a buyer too so um i work in the alcohol industry mm-hmm. and so like i'll have people like the vendors come and like taste alcohol and then you decide (laughs) if you want to buy it or Mm -hmm. not this is so So, such a good point so do do vendors come to you and do you guys like you sit around and get high with vendors or like do you just smell it like what is like what i mean because it's a business like what is your process for buying products quality control that's a really difficult thing for me too right now i'm I'm doing the buying myself um Mm -hmm. i've had people in that role before i'm 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 sort of looking right now because it's a it's a it's a a tricky job you have to have not only the sense to ascertain the quality and is it good and is the price point good is the branding and the packaging on point can i work with you are you a functional human being return my phone calls yeah well sometimes it is they're just um yeah but we get we get bombarded right now there's there's a lot more manufacturing cultivation than there are retailers Mm -hmm. to satisfy all the supply so you're getting like 50 email million emails yeah. a day people drop gummy? by here try my weed try my candy try my gummy it's the best gummy in the world and um i try to be nice and give everybody a fair um fair uh you know f- feedback but it's really hard to con- there's only so much i can consume in one day so i really yeah. rely on staff to help me out too oh that's um, fun yeah and actually, do people just like drop samples and say like here try these at your leisure is that allowed they, it is allowed in certain quantities they can yeah. gift that as like an adult to adult kind of thing it's a little sketchy with with how it's supposed to be um transcribed the state wants everything to be in the track and trace system mm-hmm. um but everybody's still kind of transitioning onto that right now so um there's a little tiny bit of flexibility it's depending on what kind of quantity samples you're giving out but in general they're supposed to have it in a, in a manifest going through the whole system yeah. and everything so i yeah i want to ask you about strains because i just watched a different documentary look at me I'm documentary queen well okay here. i feel like if i get obsessed about something like i love to try to learn everything about it before mm-hmm. i'm just like doping myself to death i guess <laughs> or like anything like any craft or whatever i like love yeah. to do research on it but mm-hmm. So something that like blew my head off was talking about strains and the change of DNA over time because obviously weed plants were found in different regions of the world and there was like the indica was short and stout and did better in this climate and sativa was in colder climates or whatever. And then sativa is supposed to be a lighter, upbeat, like head high and then indica is supposed to be like a lower body high like that makes you kind of sleepy and so they were breaking all of this down in the documentary but one thing that i thought was insane was that they have actually no way the dna is so cross mixed now that you never gonna get it's like it's 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 almost fake it's not even real so there's this huge issue with in other states they do this thing where they they have like quality control and labeling because right now you can have purple kush and pineapple express and like all these really fun names that don't actually mean anything Mm -hmm. to anybody so there's no standardized labeling and so what they were saying was that a lot of times the weeds are labeled based on the person who grew it or the company like how their high was affected and then they'll slap sativa on it or indica yeah true or false (laughs) (laughs) well what's your experience with that i guess i would say that's that's pretty on point with my experience there's a few breeders out there that have held you know closely guarded genetics for a long time and if you really do your research you might be able to validate that what they're saying is true 
Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's really, it's all hybrids and, and, and really yeah. it comes down to now, how is it testing? What's the, what's the profile of it? The terpene content is really going to help you determine how is this going to make you feel? Yeah. The gonna, terpene content? Yeah. Will? So the terpenes are... Because wine has terpenes, so I'm mm -hmm. confused. Yes. All, <laughs> lots of botanical plants have terpenes. Okay. Um, roses, um, geraniums, lavender. And that'll affect the type of high you feel yes that and it's called the entourage effect so um the theory is that all of those things mm -hmm. in effect that there's flavonoids too mm -hmm. so you can mm -hmm. even taste them and the terpenes in conjunction with all the cannabinoids the thc mm -hmm. cbd and all the other ones that they know about um so so sometimes it's the terpenes that can really like affect your high that's why they say eating mangoes sometimes can boost your high the myrcene and mangoes Ooh. and also if you <laughs> okay and if you they there's a I haven't tried it on myself cuz I haven't felt too high in a really long time but uh there's a theory that if you feel too high and you want to come down maybe too paranoid or something smell black pepper oh and that's interesting that's a, a good kind of like a good fun fact because I know there's some people that I mean, it happens. So I, I smoke occasionally at night for for sleeping, and sometimes I'll smoke for fun too. But a lot of times, if I smoke too much, I I'm one of those people that gets like paranoid in social situations, and I'm mm -hmm. like, I need to go to bed. Mm -hmm. I need to get out of here, and I need to go to bed right mm -hmm. now. Well, yeah, I don't even smoke around people. I mean, I smoke next to my partner in bed most of the time, or I'll smoke when we're watching TV. But like, yeah, thirty minutes into it, I'm like, well, I'm gonna be alone. I love being alone and being high, which mm -hmm. is. But when I get too high, I focus on the negative feelings my body has. So if I coughed and I get too high, all I can focus on is my chest burning. Mm. Or I'll get high and then be like, my stomach hurts all. Like, I don't know why. I don't get too high and get paranoid necessarily. I, g I get hypersensitive to, like, what my body is feeling. Mm -hmm. It's very weird. Yeah. And then I'm like, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. <laughs> you can just go I to sleep. I get paranoid because I start wondering, like, how I'm worried about the perception, perception. other people have of me. Yeah, I get really goofy so if that's I'm around why other people. It, yeah. That's why it happens when, like, <laughs> I'm around other people. But it's helped me sleep so oh. So, like, I never really believed it, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. that makes sense. I was just like, oh, whatever. It's just, like, alcohol. Like, people like to smoke, whatever. Like, can't we all just say, like, we like to smoke and we like to drink? <laughs> but then, uh, like... <laughs> Let's just say it. But, yeah, like... Let's just put it out there. But, but to be honest, because um, I, I... And I've told my family this for a long time. Like, I would never wake up feeling energized. No matter how... I could get four hours of sleep. I could get 14 hours of sleep. I could get anywhere in between, and I would wake up feeling tired. But if I smoke, I usually wake up the next morning feeling refreshed because it puts me into a deeper sleep oh, state. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Asa, my boyfriend has insomnia. So I wanted to create like a product because I grow a bit in the back. And um, I wanted to create a product because he doesn't like to smoke. So mm -hmm. I decarbed it and I made this oil. And like each dose is different each time. So it's so fun figuring out how much. <laughs> <it> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so great. No, literally one day I went to work, turned around, came home and slept for three more hours. Because <laughs> I was just like, well, I made that too strong, didn't I? <laughs> but because um, I have sleep paralysis and night terrors. And it's just it's it's crazy to see it work on someone that has in, like severe insomnia. Mm -hmm. He's had it his entire life. And if I can get him on like a t typical, like normal ish schedule and get him like the tea every night, like it's so crazy to see him wake up at 10 a.m. and feel good yeah. and like ready. Yeah. Because it's something, I mean, he was like five years old and his, his mom would take him to the doctors and say, like, what, why all he does is sleep during the day. Like, there's mm. no, he had no chemical imbalances. There was nothing really wrong. It's just, 
he's always had sleep issues. And so to be able to like heal that kind of has been like a huge point of pride for me. Yeah. Do people still walk into your store and act nervous? <laughs> I like, do sometimes. I kind of walk in and I'm like, yeah. hee hee. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's, it's still a brand new experience for a lot of people. Um, whether or not they're nervous or just kind of like overwhelmed or in shock, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, oh my gosh, this is in my day, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm uh, embarrassed. I haven't actually been to SSB. It's okay. There's always... You can, you're I'm going. Anytime. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go get some gummies for my recreational high. We have lots of gummies. <laughs> so how do you... What is like the staff training then? Like, how do you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, no, this is yeah. a business. No, it's such a good question. Like, do <laughs> do, do they need? Give, to, do they go through like uh, marijuana 101? Do they need to be consumers? Uh, it depends on the position. I would say, you know, front desk maybe not as much as the bud tender. I think if you have to be, you <laughs> have to tender. have a pretty good, uh, good, good knowledge and understanding of the, of the products and how they're going to affect you as a bud tender in order to be able to really counsel people what what might work for them, and probably as the buyer as well. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, inventory management, no, you don't have yeah. to. In fact, it's probably better if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, accounting, same thing. Marketing, yeah. same thing. Uh, there's a there's room for both styles. I would say that's awesome. Mm-hmm. How many people are on your team? Uh, we've been in flux a little bit, so it's mm-hmm. not 14 right now. I think. Yeah. Nice. Has it been a lot of the same people since the beginning? Like. No, we had. Well, when we were shut down for a year, it was. Uh, Wait, you were shut down for a whole year? Yeah, it took us a year because we couldn't just get back up and they they took all of our inventory. They took all of our money. What they do? Did they give your inventory back? No, not yet. I'm still fighting to get that back. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, oh. it's it's uh, it's a uh, no. quarter million dollars worth of inventory. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Um, and yes. my computer and my personal journals too. Yes, they still have that. Rude. Yes, totally rude. <laughs> hey, uh, cops, give it back. Don't yeah, be rude. So you were Come shut on. down for a whole year. We were shut down for a year. That's how long it took me to basically like. You know, f- ha- get a plan together, go find investors, have OHI finish writing all the rules and, and come up with the application so people could apply for the license. They still had to have a process in place. So all those things. And then I had to I had to interview. I had to get the get the license, win the license. And then I had to, you know, get the place like decked out with cabinets and inventory and find staff and do all those so things. So you would have been open in November. You would have been open for three years if, if they yes. hadn't have shut yeah, you Yeah, I would, I would, I could have been continue. And some, you know, in, in LA, these more, I guess I would call them experienced uh, operators that had maybe been experienced with being shut down before would often have secret stashes of extra flour product on hand just in anticipation of getting shut down so they could just okay open up next door or wherever and and you're like I'm not going to get shut down I'm doing everything right I totally thought I was like yeah I was above board and it wasn't it wasn't the size of LA either it was still like Ventura County is a bit smaller um and and they yeah they looked everywhere for cash and they really got like a teeny tiny amount of cash because I was paying taxes I was paying sales tax every yeah. month I was paying employee taxes I was paying uh, workers comp and everything and and they thought they were gonna get a big like take and they got nothing so they got inventory that's fucked up okay I see yeah. on your page you have cannabis popcorn yes that's a new thing 
Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> you can get high and eat popcorn, but then do you get high and want to munch and then you accidentally eat more popcorn and then you accidentally get like really, really high? I think at some point you're going to feel full <laughs> and you'll probably just turn it off. That's the one thing nice about <laughs> cannabis. It's just bringing balance, you know, and you might, totally. you might have a lot of munchies, but you're probably not actually eating that much. I know. Okay. So I actually do want to talk about that. It's such a good point. Like I said, mm-hmm. I get super hypersensitive of my body, so I get like a little munchy. So we've made some boundaries with the munchies. So it's like we have grapes and we have sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. We have things that are like, okay, we're Healthy not going to. Yes, exactly. Like even if I have 20 grapes, it's like, what is that? <laughs> but so let's say I have 20 grapes. It's like nothing, you know, but my body feels so I'm so sensitive to how my stomach feels. It's like, I feel like if people were, if you ate high more often, you'd probably eat way less. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, because my stomach just, it feels so expanded and I feel, I'll feel like it gorged sometimes. Yeah. And I haven't even eaten much. No, and there's actually, there there is some research to show that canna- regular cannabis users uh, have more normal body mass index, I think. Like, they, they just maintain a, a healthier well, balance Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've lost 15 pounds this year cutting back alcohol and using marijuana and like obviously doing other stuff and exercising but i could see how they like they kind of fit together mm-hmm. which is awesome and you're less stressed which means you sleep better and that helps with weight loss and that helps with regulatory things like helps your whole life exactly marijuana is pretty cool it's, it's amazing <laughs> oh it's so bitchin what are some like other cool trends you see happening um with cannabis oh my gosh I, it's hard to what's hmm. like the new cool kid thing to do well, um, let's see. There's there's a lot of ideas. I, I, I think well the new the, the new cool kid thing right now is the Lowell Cafe that's opened in oh, yeah. what is Hollywood. That? Lowell Lowell Herb Company is one of uh one of our vendors that we carry in the store. Um they're they have flowers and pre rolls and they just came out with a line of disposable vapes. Um really high quality, good stuff, nice branding, mm-hmm. nice packaging. Um and they just opened the first cannabis cafe in california yeah where is it it's in hollywood i don't remember exactly where okay. i haven't been there so i want to shout out to one of our listeners real quick jason holsworth because him and i were talking about this recently because i'm like if you don't know your dosing and you don't know how much because like what's five milligrams of thc like do you actually understand how that affects you and then you go to this cafe and you get a bunch of food and then what happens like do you get super mm-hmm. high is there liability like what how so what uh, they're making food products with um, cannabis with THC like THC right so the way I understand it is actually they have a ca- the cafe restaurant part is separate from th- their um, store part you can actually bring your own like pre-rolls or whatever and sm- smoke them in the like section Amsterdam? yeah kind of like Amsterdam style but they're my understanding um, is that they're not actually serving any inf- fused food okay it's just a, ca- a cafe where you can actually consume cannabis i thought there was a restaurant doing that barbarino in santa barbara had a um a baked alaskan dessert that had thc in it for a while yeah sometimes you'll see pop-ups and like a, like okay. an infused dinner yeah. night but i haven't seen like restaurants actually doing that i saw a great youtube video of a woman who owns a company that she caters but it was like hot chicken wings and buffalo chicken and like all this stuff and snoop dogg was on it and like they were just eating it's like everything like there's juice like uh, she caters the entire thing and the entire thing is like thc infused (laughs) i'm like jesus christ (laughs) scary yeah there's some high rollers out there that can handle it it takes it takes a lot to get me that stone but also it was like twelve hundred dollars for like 15 pieces of buffalo yeah i'm a little skeptical of some of those yeah i'd love to see like um not necessarily like it infused in the food, but like more of a pairing or like you start mm-hmm. the evening off with like 
smoking or like a drink or something and then you like it's infused in different ways so I don't know I think that would be yeah cool. actually one of the things I'm seeing now is like mocktails with cannabis like tincture they Ooh, have them um, yes. flavored with different herbs and things and with different other essential oils and you can use it to add to your own juice or kombucha or whatever and, and just kind of dose yourself appropriately that way so many, I so think, many options. I think <laughs> it's an interesting topic to to bring up the change in landscape for farmers, because I was actually just ran into somebody who farms in Carpinteria, which mm-hmm. is one of the newest, like largest locations for growing. I think per yeah. per square foot, we grow more than Humboldt, which is insane, because um, Humboldt's kind of like the classic example of right. I mean, growing w- marijuana in California. So there, Santa Barbara County had, I think, um, more more square license or square feet, uh, licensed square feet than Humboldt at one point. But yeah. I'm not sure how it is. A now. bunch of things just have been changing, and licenses have been suspended if they haven't yeah. gotten up to date. So I, th- I I vaguely recall that the scales might have just tipped back over to yeah. Humboldt. But, but yeah, it's Santa Barbara County is huge. Yeah. And huge. this guy was like. It smells bad, mm-hmm. and I have to yeah. deal with people coming and going all the time. It's like, uh, just like anything, you know, nothing's easy. No, wait, the, wait, who's I'm the I'm farmer lost. who lives next to an old orchard farm or orchids? I always mm-hmm. say it wrong. They used to grow orchids there, and now they're mm-hmm. growing weed. And so it's like before he lived near a flower farm, which is like pretty minimal impact to your okay. neighbors, and now they're growing like a shit ton of weed, and it smells and. This smells good to me, but mm-hmm. you know, people Some think people it smells don't like the dank, the dank scent. And like, so it's just like affecting others in ways that maybe people didn't imagine. And then not only that, but he was like an older white male. And so it's like, how Whatever. They're the They're the biggest consumers of marijuana. They're <laughs> yeah. And you know, or he's being conservative and closed minded. And it's like, this is an incredible industry that's bringing a ton of jobs, a ton of taxes home. And so it's funny how. You know, it's like you can't win. Do you no. think it'll be federally federally legal in the next five years? Yes, I do. In fact, today I just read an article that the House is bringing a bill uh, to deschedule it next week. Dang. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to pass, but it's uh, they're pushing it. Dang. They're pushing it hard. So many, you know, I'm just, I'm in awe of marijuana. <laughs> I'm excited by it. I get really frustrated um, as a consumer that... We can post pictures. I like. I don't post about my personal use yet. If I'm out having cocktails, I will post a picture of my drink. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucked up because alcohol is so much more damaging to the community. I mean, alcoholism alone, like it's, it's affected me in ways that I never thought it would as a human. And so it's like how damaging the domestic abuse. Like but it goes on and on and on. But like weed is this nonviolent healing thing, and I have to hide that. I feel like almost shameful. Yeah. And so it's really frustrating that that that, that, that double standard still exists, and people are—it's crazy. Yeah. It's like prohibition. It'll mm-hmm. it'll circle around by the time we have kids. Well, the thing is, is like once the people in charge of who gets to decide what's what's okay and what's not realizes how profitable it is, everything will change. Yeah. I think it's, I think we're getting there. We I are. Mean, yeah. yeah. For the wrong reasons, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, I think we're getting to that time. But so your store is located on Bryant. Mm-hmm. 408 Bryant Sweet Z. Perfect. So everybody go check I'm it going. out. What are, are you open seven days a week? Seven days a week. Um, Sundays 10 to 5 and Monday through Saturday 9 to 7. Perfect. Bring awesome. your cash. Do you have an ATM there? We have an ATM. We also accept debit cards. Whoa. Shut the front. Just not credit. You just no have credit. Yeah, debit cards for right <laughs> now. We're trying to get that back in, in, in 
in effect, but right now, just I thought you couldn't do credit card. I thought that was like one you of the can rules. You get away with it sometimes. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, the other ones I've been to, it's like you have to have cash and there's yeah. ATM. And it's hard to pull off, but some people manage to get away with it. And, and we just are thankful for those times when we can have it. Awesome. <laughs> um, we'll check out their website. You're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, go see the store. Go. If you, I challenge anybody that ha- is, is considering or has never uh, dabbled with marijuana to go check out their store and just go talk oh my Maybe gosh get educated it's not intimidating bit. actually every time i talk to one of these little stoners these du- what do you call them bud tenders, <laughs> bud tenders. they're so nice <laughs> and yeah, they want to help you friendly bud tenders. and they're like okay they have specific questions i feel like that they know mm-hmm. how to figure out yes. like actually your tolerance and like what actually do you want to look mm-hmm. for so it's not as scary as you think it might be it's not scary. and do it in the comfort of your own home don't yeah don't get high and be like for the first time ever and then go to a party that's probably not a good look agreed <laughs> yes and yeah the butt tenders are there to definitely help you find the right thing they don't want anybody to have a bad experience based on their recommendation they want you to have a great experience the best experience exactly. yes. well awesome. thank you so much chelsea we really appreciate yeah, your thank time thank you so much it was we'll, really fun we'll be um, checking you out very <laughs> we'll soon. be getting high with you soon okay. <laughs> 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 all right thank you bye bye, bye.